and welcome to Portraits of Grief Podcasts. Your host today and always, Tiffany Bernal and licensed clinical social worker, Tara Storm. Together, we are a griever and a therapist who make up Portraits of Grief podcast and community. So thanks for tuning in and here we go. Hello, and welcome back to Portraits of Grief podcast. We are here with, I believe, episode number 17, and I am your solo host today, Tiffany. Tara is taking a a little break, um, but soon to be back, and I'm just grateful to be joined for this episode of our podcast with another special guest, Ashley Fields. Um, Ashley, I found you through Instagram, your, your blog, your online blog called Orphanish, which was really just captivated me with my own personal story. We have so much to connect on um, through our loss, but just how you really hold space to talk about grief and loss um, through your blog. So thank you for being here, Ashley, and just being willing to talk and open up and share more about you and your story. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to just talking with you and just connecting and just sharing um, parts of our story with one another. So excited. Yeah, definitely. So we usually like to, so Ashley, you're out in um, Dallas, Texas, and I know that sounds like it's part of your journey, how you ended up back there. So can you share with listeners, um, I definitely want to dive into your blog and what inspired that too, but just really about your grief story and, and losing your parents and share with us your journey so far. Sure. Um, so let's start back in 2019. Uh, My father was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer in February, um, a couple days before Valentine's Day. Um, And he was scheduled to start his first chemotherapy session March 10th of that year. Um, But he did not start his treatment that day because he passed away that morning um, in the hospital. He was admitted that weekend. He wasn't feeling well. Um, he just started feeling dizzy. He had elevated glucose levels. Just he was really struggling. So we got him to the hospital so that um, they could make sure that he was stable and getting the treatment that he needed. Um, and so he ended up passing away, uh, over the weekend. Um, I still remember the call, uh, about five 30 in the morning, the hospital called and told my mom and I to get there. And, um, when we got there, he had already passed away. Um, yeah, that was, um, very difficult. Um, just even recalling it, just thinking mm-hmm. about it now. Um, so he passed away about about a month after the diagnosis. It sounds like, wow. Yes. yes. That's quick. That's so unexpected. So quick. So unexpected. Um, and the diagnosis, the diagnosis was pretty, um, unexpected. Well, he was a long-term smoker. Um, but before that, um, that February, like he wasn't, he was just sick. He had like a cold, um, a cough, something that he couldn't shake, but, um, it progressed very fast and, um, I don't know if he suffered a whole bunch because of how quick it happened. Um, he didn't complain a whole bunch. He didn't talk about, um, you know, being in pain and, um, 
those types of things. He was very encouraged and just knew that, um, that God was going to take care of him and that he was going to be okay. Um, so yeah, that was in March, April, um, was my birthday. Uh, and then fast forward to June, June 10th was my mom's, uh, 62nd birthday. Um, and so after my dad passed, it was just her and I, and, you know, we were just trying to, um, really just soak in the shock of losing my dad, uh, her losing her husband. It was very shocking. And we really didn't know at that point how to move forward. Um, Did you live at home at that time or were you somewhere else or? Yes, I lived, um, I moved back home after he passed. I was living in Syracuse, New York, um, which is about two hours from Buffalo. Okay. uh, Where I was born and raised. Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up moving back home. At the time, I just told my job, like, yeah, um, I'm going to have to leave. Like, it's, at first, I was really afraid to talk to them about leaving and just kind of my situation because, um, I mean, I was just leaving my job. So I left and I moved back home with my mom and um, I started doing substitute teaching at a nearby charter school um, because she was retired. She had um, health issues. She was um, a diabetic. She had renal failure. So she had to do dialysis uh, three times a week. So she had her own issues. um, And... So we just tried to continue on and she kept going to her treatments and I just noticed her just losing her appetite and her um, ability to go to sleep. Like she didn't sleep. She stayed up um, and watched TV and it was just really hard to see her that way. Um, And I just remember one night she was downstairs not sleeping and she was calling me. Um, asked me to come downstairs. She was having trouble breathing. So we ended up uh, calling the ambulance and they came and they took her to the hospital. Um, So at that time it was, now it's just me and her. So I called her sister um, who lived in the area and just let her know what was happening. And so when I get to the hospital, they let me know that her heart had stopped several times between our house and the hospital, Um, but she was um, still breathing. Her heart was still pumping. They were able to resuscitate her, but they were going to admit her um, into the ICU and they were going to look after her. So, yeah. Gosh, that's heavy. Like, what was your, was your mind just in shock? Because I feel like when, when you're going through these moments and all this is happening, it's Mm -hmm. like, almost robotic like you just get through the motions yes. you know what I mean you can't even think or feel or what the heck is going on it's just how and was I that think for just you talking about it yeah. just it brings back like those uh those feelings and that mm. kind of uh that fight or fight mode that yes. I was in just going and going to the next thing like I didn't have space to think about other things it was just okay what do I need to do to get to the hospital make sure that my mom is checked in and making sure that she's good and checking in and calling my aunt. It was just so much 
um, of that going through my mind that I really didn't have time to process like, oh my God, like your dad and I don't have my dad yeah. and this, and they admitted her to the same hospital that he was in, um, just a couple months ago. So it was just so crazy just to be back in that space, back in that moment, not knowing what was going to happen. And it was just me, um, this time. And so I stayed overnight, um, till about maybe five in the morning and they told me I could see her for a moment, but she was asleep. Uh, they ended up sedating her um, and intubating her because of her breathing. It was just so ragged. Um, and so I ended up going home to rest, whatever that was at that moment, just kind of go home and wait until the hospital called to let me know that uh, they were going to do her dialysis and, move forward with that. So I was resting and the hospital called and um, I just remember her saying nothing. Like she, I was like, hello. And she was just like, um, cause I guess she didn't know really how to say what she was going to say next because she told me that my mom had passed away and um, she was so sad. I just, um, your aunt called you no the hospital the hospital called yes and I just remember the nurse being so sad um, barely being able to speak the words um, this was the same nurse also that I learned later that was with my dad a couple months ago so wow. she knew kind of um, our family dynamic and how it was all of us and then I lost my dad and so I think that's why she ended up telling me that on the phone um she didn't want me to have to come down to the hospital by myself. It would have been by myself at the time mm-hmm. um, to hear that news. Um, so, so what did she tell you? Did, what did she say? Bring someone or like walk um, us back to She was just moment? saying, um, you know, when you, when you can find someone to come with you, because uh-huh. I don't want you to be alone, um, I w- you need to come down here and kind of take care of the – I don't know. I don't even know exactly what she said. Yeah, just kind all of the stuff. Care of all, and... Like the funeral stuff. Oh, my and gosh. Contacting. Oh, my goodness. It was so much. And so I just remember hanging up and just crying on the bathroom floor because at that moment, it was literally just me. And, um, yeah, it was probably one of the most scariest moments um, of my life, just knowing, like, okay, like, wow, it's just you. Um, And it just happened so fast and so sudden. It was just um, really shocking. I don't really honestly recall too much more after that moment. Um, I was just in so much shock that um, eventually my family – came to the house and we ended up going up to the hospital and taking care of those things. But um, again, just in that moment, I didn't really have space to think about other things because there was so much that I had to be in charge of and sign off on and making sure that things were correct and the death certificates. It was just, um, it was definitely overwhelming. Um, but I'm glad that I was able to navigate that and to do it at that time. Um, because looking back, like 
I wouldn't have wanted anyone else to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I wanted to do. Um, it was difficult and still there's things today that I'm still working on, um, for the, their estate. But, um, yeah, that is how, um, I ended up ultimately becoming, um, an adult orphan, someone who doesn't, you know, have their parents in their twenties and it is, you know, different each and every day. That's pretty much how I can describe it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And that was only, that's two years ago, right? So. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, I always like to honor. um, So what was your dad's name? Your dad's name was. Yes. His name, uh, Larry. Larry. Larry and your mom. Paulette. Paulette. That's a cute name. Paulette. (laughs) So Larry and Paulette. And so that, so your, your dad, Larry passed in March and then in June was your mom. Of the same mm-hmm. year so that's march april may what four or five months apart um that's a lot to go through for anyone and i think i i say this because i i can relate in so many ways like being uh are you are you in the millennial zone in your 20s yeah you're yeah. in your 20s I, well so i lost my mom in my 20s and i lost my dad mm-hmm. in my 30s i'm still in my 30s and it's not often you meet people like you, like me, who have gone mm-hmm. through such heavy loss. And um, I, I get that. Um, just feeling, I guess, would you say the word is isolating? Was it? Has it been isolating for you? And yeah, just so isolating. So just you don't really know who to talk to because the people that you would normally talk to aren't around. And so you're not used to talking to other people about certain things or going to them uh, for advice or for help because you're just not used to having to do that. Um, And I definitely think um, we take that for granted, being able to talk to our parents and to call them up and just, you know, ask them a question or ask them how to make a recipe or to do these things. And so the little things, um, right. It's just, it's not even the big things. things. It's like just texting mom or texting. I remember I used to text my mom if I found a good deal, if I was out at the store or whatever, you know, the little tiny random things that no one else gives a crap about. Sorry or anyone listening, but your parents do, you know what I mean? Your mom does Mm -hmm. or your dad. Um, yeah. So I get that. And, one of your posts on your blog, it was about emergency contacts. And when I saw that, I was like, yep, mm. you know, I'm, I'm sure not just you and I, but other people out there. It's like, what do you do when mm. you're so used to, you're an only child too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I get that. I'm an only child. And for the longest time, it's like, what do you, what did you, what do you do now? It's like your, your mom and your dad have passed away and that emergency contact, it pops out. <sighs> and I'm literally sitting here thinking, maybe you do the same now who? I mean, now I'm married and I have a, a spouse, but that second mm-hmm. emergency contact is always a toss up. <laughs> it's like, yes, it's always like, oh, my goodness. A like, friend, this person who might not come, but I'll put them anyway. <laughs> I have so much, uh, such a hard time deciding an emergency contact or I know recently I had to do like something with a beneficiary and I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, I don't know, like. I don't know who I would want to be my beneficiary on my life insurance policy right now. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't have anyone to put. I mean, I guess I do have people to put, but it's like. It might change in the future. You never know. You right, know, kids, or I don't know if you want kids. Yeah. Right. 
there's just so much uncertainty and I dread filling out those documents. Do you feel like this made you kind of grow up fast? I know I felt that way when I lost my mom. It was almost like I had this naivety through life of like, I'm living my life and I'm doing my thing. And then it's like, whoa, wake up call to the reality of, you know, the harshness behind, um, you know, loss. For sure. I definitely think that there's just, um, just another set of responsibilities that you gain. Um, and you kind of have, I mean, you're responsible for yourself and um, the estate or kind of those affairs. So it's like, you have to be responsible. You can't um, just kind of all day and be right. And just kind of neglect those duties because Mm -hmm. there are things that have to be done, things that have to be filed um, in a timely manner. So I definitely think um, I kind of push my grief aside, especially in the beginning, because I was trying to do those things. Um, trying to get those things done because it just seemed like a never ending list of just stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in our past episodes, we haven't fully talked about that as much, but I, I get that. It's, it's not when someone passes away, it's like you're, you have so much emotion and sadness and all these, you know, hard emotions going through you, but it's almost like you have to literally put that aside in order to deal with the business Mm -hmm. of death. And, you know, there's an industry behind it. What kind of funeral do you want? Do you want a big, you know, do you want to be cremated or casket Mm -hmm. and all that? And it's also not cheap sometimes. So there's just a lot Mm -hmm. of decisions. I'm over here. Yeah, it's tough, you know, and it's, it's overwhelming. Um, So I get that. You sometimes, Definitely. do you feel like you just have to take it day by day? Is that how you felt going through it and maybe still yep. do? Yep. Day by day, moment to moment, I just kind of um, write down the things that I do need to get done and kind of box off the things that are um, the most important and try to get through those things. But if I don't, I don't beat myself up for it. Mm-hmm. I really try and be kind um, give myself a lot of compassion and love just because it's a lot and doing those things sometimes bring up emotions and feelings, um, that really weren't planned for, let's say like three o'clock in the afternoon. So, um, a lot of times it's just a lot of just, okay, well I'll do this and then I'll take a break. Like it's a lot of breaks, um, doing things, being productive and then taking breaks. Rightfully so. Yeah. So now it's been about it's all we're coming up on two years this. Yeah, this Mm -hmm. year. So do you feel that you've given yourself that time to really grieve per se? Or where are you at with just your grief journey and healing right now? Because I commend you the fact that you're here even telling your story and talking and having gone through that um, significant two losses of your parents in one year. It's you're doing something out there. You're using your story and your beautiful blog. And so, yeah, I just would love to hear more from you about that, like where you are today with that. I definitely think that in the past two years, I've given myself the most space that I could have given myself, uh, given my grief. After my parents passed, I stayed in Buffalo for maybe about six months, I started working at a charter school. I was trying to take care of some of those um, affairs that still had to be done on my parents' behalf. And I didn't want to move so far away that I couldn't get to the things that needed to be done. So 
I ended up staying and eventually I, um, I physically got so sick. Um, I had a migraine for like at least, um, a month. It was so bad. It was all in my face, in my head in my neck. It was just everywhere. I ended up having to go to the doctors and I got like an injection in like the base of my skull because there wow. was so much pressure just built up. And, um, just looking back, it was because I wasn't grieving. I wasn't really crying. I wasn't really, um, thinking, um, about my parents, about, um, losing them, about death. Um, I was just really trying to get those things done. Um, bank accounts. Um, I sold like canceling um, cell phone I, bills, right? All yeah, this stuff just that you don't think random, about. just things you don't think about. Um, and it was a lot and, uh, I'm still doing a couple of those things today, but, mm-hmm. uh, gratefully, um, that's almost done. But I knew that the environment that I was in, I, I couldn't live in my hometown anymore. It was just too difficult to live somewhere and to not, not only live in the same house, but to not see my parents. Like it was very, very weird. Um, and then just to see like everyday life continue on, but for them not to be in our home was very strange for me. So um, yeah, I ended up taking a leave of absence from my teaching job. Um, and then I was like, I want to move to Texas. Um, I went to school um, at Baylor. So I lived in Texas for almost 10 years prior to uh, 2019. So I ended up moving um, and then COVID happened. So oh my, um, my teaching job was no more because COVID happened. Um, I couldn't go back to my hometown if I wanted to because of COVID. Um, so yeah, I was stuck for real here and I was forced to literally just take a break from everything. I, um, ultimately was, uh, I, what happened? Oh yeah. I was furloughed from my job. Um, so I still was able to use my insurance from them. So I was looking for like an online therapist. I was looking for an apartment, but that wasn't really feasible at the time. Uh, I really just took the time to sit in bed and cry, sit in bed and think about my parents, get up and go for a walk and think about my parents, really just take time to um, just sit with the loss because I, I, I didn't do that when I was at home. I really didn't um, try and sit with my feelings because I knew that I had to make a call about um, an insurance policy, or I had to make sure that the realtor and I were on the same page. It was just so much going on. I didn't give myself that time. So, um, and you sold your childhood home as well through this process is through mm-hmm. losing them. So that's, would you say that was almost another loss for you? Just the memories oh, there my goodness. and just the memories there and not, Uh, or living, I think living in the same place and not being able to go into the house because it wasn't, it wasn't mine anymore. Like that was traumatic for me. Um, I used to drive by the house um, because it was kind of on the way back from my job to, um, I started living with my aunt at her house. So 
I would literally drive by the house every day. So imagine just driving by somewhere that you can't go in anymore. That used to be your home um, just a couple months ago, or not even months at that time, a couple weeks prior. Um, yeah, that was crazy. And that was another reason why I decided to leave, just not mm-hmm. being able to stay in my home um, and just not being able to stay in my hometown. I think moving has given me the space um, that my grief needed. Um, and then it also allowed me to have a creative outlet, which is now my blog. Um, and since starting that, that has just given me another layer, just I feel of support and community um, that I've been missing and just been kind of longing for since losing my parents. Yeah. Yeah. So you moved to Dallas and that I think it's a, it's good. You have a fresh start. I mean, despite mm-hmm. everything you've gone through, it's here you are with a fresh start. And um, yeah, you're, so you have your online blog. It's called Orphanish. And I when I started this podcast and we did our, and I did the Instagram for it too. I'm honestly I don't know mm-hmm. if you felt this way, but I never thought to look at Instagram to find grief support. I don't know why, yeah. but it's years went by and I never thought of it. And I always like just felt like I was dealing with it alone and not many people in my own Mm -hmm. peer group can relate. And now it's Instagram, you know, there's this big community of, of us that have sort of uh, started pages and have a heart to really talk about grief to, to Mm -hmm. help others going through it. Um, So what inspired, like, obviously I know what inspired you to start your blog, but um, it looks like you talk, what are some of the things that you, I guess, enjoy talking about um, through learning your grief and loss? So you, you did start going to therapy and I know I've mm-hmm. seen some anxiety management come up and if you're comfortable talking about it, I'd love to dive into anxiety. And honestly, I don't know if a little, I've experienced a little depression with it too. You know, it's, yeah. it's so much and it's mental health matters. That's, I'm going off on yes. my tangent because I know you probably know what I'm saying here. Yeah, but it's real. Mental health is real, and grief and loss mm-hmm. bring up a lot of that. You know, it sure does. And I think people often um, don't see that part of grief and loss. You don't see the anxiety and the depression that kind of creeps up. I know mine kind of creeped up and just kind of reacted in my body and manifested there. Um, I struggled uh, in 2020, like with my health, like the entire year. I was in so much pain. Um, I was nauseated. Um, Global I lost pandemic. Weight. Yep, the, the pandemic. Um, oh my gosh. Out it of was all just years. so much going on. It was just, oh my goodness. I thought um, moving here, although it did give my grief a space, but it definitely confined the space that my grief could kind of explore into Mm -hmm. because of quarantine and it was just difficult to connect with people therapy had to be on online so I was like okay so there has to be a way to connect with other people who have either gone through something similar or um, are going through it like there had there had to be a way there was no way um, I don't think I would have survived 2020 without creating my Instagram blog and just talking and connecting with other people because 
2020 was such an isolating year and grief already isolated me Mm -hmm. to a point. And so for the pandemic and COVID, it just, yeah, it was, it was bad. Depression. Yeah. It's like you can't even meet a friend if you want to go and meet a friend. It's it's a lot to go through and then insert global pandemic that hasn't happened in a hundred years. Right. You know, it's, and no one knows what they're doing and yeah. no one knows what to do. And yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of isolation in 2020. And I think, um, you know, like you were saying, like who knew to think, t- uh, to look at Instagram or social media for, mm-hmm. you know, grief support and grief community. I was so surprised when I just happened to look at, you know, like a grief hashtag and to see how many pages, thousands of pages popped up. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, yeah, this is real. Like yeah. this exists. It's not just me. <laughs> it's not just yeah. me. And to start a page was, um, well, it was scary in itself. I was like, okay, first of all, there's all these pages. No one is going to care about what I have to say about my grief journey. No one's going to relate. Like I just felt, I just felt so isolated. Um, And one day I just decided like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to think of a cool name that kind of envelops just kind of what I'm going through and I'm just going to do it. And I posted like, I think just like the orphanage, just like the, just like the titles, like my first post. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I'm just going to show up authentically and just show what goes on in my daily life, my struggles, my wins, and hopefully, you know, connect with other, um, other people. And I was surprised by just like the geographical locations of the different people that I connected with just all over the world, which has been um, just extremely just, over overwhelmingly just I'm just excited and just so grateful to have met um people like you and just to connect on um social media like on a daily basis so it's been something that I think has been um transformative in like my grief journey wow well let's I'm glad that it's helping you, definitely. And I saw that you have so you're so for anyone listening, by the way, I just wanna let you um share what it is. Your Instagram blog is at orphan underscore ish. Is that how you do it? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. at orphan wait, at orphan underscore ish. And I saw that you also do you run a community group or another group uh in relation to that? Yeah, Something, like or you're a starting Facebook it? private group, a Facebook private group where community. we just kind of um build community, talk to one another, share our stories in a little bit smaller group. And I'm just hoping that people um, continue to join and invite other people so that we can just have this safe space for us to always come to no matter the time or day, you can always get on Facebook. Um, and with my sleep patterns, like I'll be up and um, connecting with other people throughout the world, like we just never know. So yeah Um, yeah very neat um going back to anxiety management if you're comfortable talking about Mm -hmm. it what are some of the because i feel that so many people just deal with this with grief and loss and um what are some of the things that you do that work for you i know that you just came from a hot yoga class before this like what are some other things you do to 
you know, to self-care so or just to help anxiety. Hot yoga has mm, definitely been my jam. It's definitely been something that has been able to ground me and help me find my breath. Um, finding my breath has been something also that has been super helpful. I've noticed that um, prior to um, me getting back into doing yoga, my breath was just so ragged and all over the place. It felt like um, almost like I was running and mm-hmm. out of breath, just mm-hmm. kind of like constantly just feeling um tired, constantly feeling like something is going to happen or um, just my body was always um, on alert. And so with yoga, finding my breath, focusing on it, um, being able to slow it down and control it um, really has been helpful and just bringing me back to the present moment and just um, focusing on like what I'm doing in that current moment. Um and how I can improve, like how I'm feeling in that current moment, um, especially just like with all the pain and just like the aches that I've been in mm. having um, the past year. I just finding my breath has been something um, that has helped me locate like where I'm holding tension or where there's pain in my body, and kind of just you know exploring and seeing like what that what that's about and how I can help myself. Um, it's definitely been such a struggle um, to calm my mind and to calm my thoughts because I'm constantly thinking and reflecting and missing my parents. Yeah. And so finding moments to kind of calm my mind and be present with myself has definitely been um, helpful with my anxiety mm-hmm. as well as taking anxiety medication, um, switching to that, um, it was more so geared toward my depressive symptoms that I was having about a year ago. Um, still having some of those symptoms, but not as much as um, my anxiety is kind of creeping in um, a little bit more now. So just trying to find a good balance between um, between both of those so that I can just be present and be really balanced. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. I, I think that you're doing a great job of just recognizing that you are that you need that. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. struggle with um, knowing what to do or what to turn to. But the fact that you're even trying to heal your, you know, heal your physical body is a big part mm-hmm. of it, too. Definitely. Yeah. Have you ever tried acupuncture? <laughs> I have. Uh-huh. I used to do it in college and I loved it. Um, and I was going to do it a couple, well, not a couple of weeks ago now, I guess it's a couple of months ago. Um, and there was a snowstorm that happened in Dallas, which is really weird. Um, it happened a couple of months ago, but I was supposed to get acupuncture that day and I never rescheduled, but I need to look into getting some acupuncture because that is, that's life changing. Yes. Yeah. I just, I was asking, I just tried it for the first time two weeks ago because I hold mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety too, a lot from uh, my father when he passed two years ago, the same, basically a couple months after I had my son. It's just a lot. And I hold it in my body mm-hmm. as well. Finally, I broke down. I'm like, I'm not going to be scared of these needles. <laughs> I'm going to go try it. And I'm so glad I did because I, I felt it was game changing in terms of anxiety and pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, br- I haven't it brought back a zen. From anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Where, um, where in your body did they put the needles? 
Um, I think the one, well, my head, ears, mm. wrists, uh, feet, but I felt the one a lot going on in my head. And I, I just felt after I had that session that I want to just say my Zen was back or my center, not mm-hmm. having like intrusive thoughts and anxiety at night. I hold a lot of anxiety at night. And I miss my parents a lot at night. I don't know for you yeah. if it's like night or morning. For me, sometimes, for whatever reason, it's just at night when I try to go yeah. to bed. Like every night, it's, it's a, I was battling insomnia. I still battle it and mm-hmm. it's real, you know? So I'm trying to just work on what I can as well. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Acupuncture. I'm definitely going to look into that because I definitely think it will be another way to release that tension. Um, I hold a lot in my body as well. Like I was saying, especially like in my neck, mm. shoulder area. Yep. Um, and when I sleep, I, uh, I clench my jaw too. So that's another, um, another thing that I do, but I wear like a mouth peace guards that I don't bite down yeah. and grind my teeth into little discs. So. Little pieces. <laughs> little cool. pieces. Um, so something else I noticed that you posted about, which I thought was interesting, was just talking about inner child abandonment. Can you elaborate more on that or what you mean and sort of what, yeah. Yeah, what that is for you? So I studied um, psychology in undergrad and my master's program, and I will be in my other program that I start in the fall. Um, And so my inner child is like that, the little person inside of me that is still a child. It is someone that wants their mom when they're sick, someone who um, you know, cries themselves to sleep. It's just like that little, um, that little part inside of you that is still a child and still, um, acts like a child and still wants things and needs things. Um, and so since losing my parents, it almost feels as if, um, that little child inside of me is abandoned. Like, um, I don't have anyone to kind of tell me what to do and what not to do. And, that'll keep you safe. That won't keep you safe. So it's kind of just like I'm existing um, and just trying to figure it out um, without my parents' guidance. Um, Mm. And most times it's often that's how I feel. Um, And in reality, I know that my parents um, and their presence um, is still here and they're still guiding me on my life journey. It just looks um, and feels a lot different than what it was in the past. And accepting that is very difficult and hard for me, something that I'm still struggling with. And so that inner child in me, you know, it still struggles. It still wants my mom. It still wants my dad. Um, when I have bad days or when I have good days. So, um, just kind of reminding myself that, I still have parents. I still have a mom. I still have a dad. Um, Reminding myself of that and knowing that they're still going to guide me and be present in my life. It just looks a lot different now. Right. Do you feel that you see, thank you for explaining that and sharing that. And I'm, I'm writing it off because I'm like, Oh, that's what I feel all the time, all the time. It's like, no matter how old you are, 
You always want some, you know, did you have a good relationship with your mom? Like, what was your relationship with your mom, Paulette? Was she your best friend? Were you guys close? She's my girl. She's my girl. She and I would text every morning, every night. Um, I would, if I didn't call my, both of my parents, um, since I lived away, I would make sure I called them. I would, if I didn't call both of them, I would always make sure that I called my mom just to say, hi, hey mom, how are you? I love you. Uh, just to hear her voice, just to hear what she did today. Uh, yeah, we were super close. Uh, both of my parents, all of us were super close since it was just uh, just the three of us. Uh, yeah. But we each had like our own special bond. Um, and you just, you just miss that. You just mm-hmm. miss seeing them, miss hearing their voice. And um it's the little I things, right? Them. It's not even the yeah, big things. It's like just the, little, just the little tiny things. Yeah. Yeah. Texting them. I know my mom and I, uh, when I would leave and go places, she, um, when I was younger, she would always uh, just want to make sure um, that I made it safely and I would text her. So um, I've been doing that since, you know, I've gotten older in college, maybe not all the time, but, you know, so that she wasn't worried. Um, That's just, a good hey, mom, I made it home. <laughs> I'm sure hey, she mom, appreciated it. <laughs> yep. Yes, and she appreciated it. And I, and I miss letting her know, hey, mom, you know, I made it home safely or, oh, I'm about to go to bed. Have a good night. Um, so sometimes I still say it out loud to her just, you know, just to say it. Yeah. I mean, I know she knows. She's listening. Yeah. Yeah, she's listening. She's watching. Do you ever feel, um, have you experienced signs like or vivid dreams or anything if you want to share it i have vivid dreams um every night i have a dream and my parents um are always have been in my dream since they both have passed they so since 2019 every night they it's like i close my eyes and i wake up into like a world where uh where they're back or a world I'm transported into the world that they are in now something just wow. it's always just I can hear their voice I can or I can see their face or I can hold their hand or hug them um so for a while though it was hard for me to fall asleep and to have those dreams because sometimes they're not pleasant sometimes they're nightmares sometimes it's like a replay of what happened like it's just um almost like, um, you know, those books, they're really old now, but it was like books that you could read and they would have like the alternate endings and you can like pick and choose like oh, what would yeah. happen. Yeah. That's Maybe kind of like how my dreams are. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of like how my dreams are every night. Sometimes I'll go back to like the same dream and they'll be there and something different will happen. Sometimes it's like my day as if my parents were with me. So vivid dreams, um, I've been blessed to been, be able to see them um, at least sometimes nightmares. Sometimes they're not very, uh, very pleasant, but I always see them. Um, and signs, um, the sun, um, every time um, like the sun is out um, and I go outside or I'm driving just somewhere where it can be kind of isolated. The sun just shines just, it beams and it just warms like my face or my car, or just like wherever I am. And it kind of just does like this, like glowing, like beaming sunshine. Um, and I know that's my mom. Um, I've always felt her that way. Um, 
my dad, um, he comes to me um, more so like in the wind and the air. Um, sometimes I'll see people that look like him. Um, he wears like these hats. Um, he used to always like have like these different hats, like his hat collection was massive. But like I'll see people like that look like him, like with the hats. And it's so weird to see that like in public. Um, but yeah, just knowing that they're there with me throughout the day is something that I look forward to, um, waiting for signs or asking for signs and waiting for them. Um, it's just something like to look forward to some way to connect with them just to know that they're there. So, yeah, I always feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but Sometimes if you're not, if I'm open to the sign and receiving it, mm -hmm. something will happen. Like for me, I see a lot of butterflies or um, hummingbirds that I always feel are my mm -hmm. mom. And they're not just, you know, it's they fly right in front of me. There's no way it can't not be something supernatural. Yeah. At least that's what I believe, you know. Um, but I, I also feel like on those days, I'm more open to receiving it, you know, instead of just being busy in my day to day life. So they're there. I guess mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they're there, you know, it's. They're there. We yeah. take a slow down sometimes. Absolutely. Um, so honoring the ebbs and flow of grief. Um, I lost my mom in 2010, my dad in 2019. And what I've learned is that it's not linear. You know, you have phases of life where things might feel a little better and you sort of learn to live your new normal. I know that's a common phrase these days, especially with the pandemic and whatnot, but I really feel that through loss, you're, you're learning to live your new normal. And so what intrigued me by one mm -hmm. of your posts and bringing up your posts, cause I just think they're good discussion topics is <laughs> honoring the ebbs and flows. Cause this is so real of grief to make space for joy. So yeah. what is that for you? Like what, uh, just taking time to just, I know grief for me has taught me to just slow down, to really just take it moment by moment, because there's just so much happening around us, um, so much to be grateful for, so many just moments and pockets just of joy and sunshine. And I feel like um, before I... Uh, was, I think my body forced me to slow down. Um, I was just going, I was just doing things. I was trying not to think about my parents, but I was trying to think about them. I was trying to take care of myself, but I kind of wasn't, I was kind of sleeping. I kind of wasn't. And I think just being able to slow down and focus on the things that my body needs, um, the things that I need, uh, just so that my grief and I can, you know, hang out with each other and I'm not trying to push it out the door so I can remember the good things about my parents and have happy memories and be able to share them. Um, I feel like being able to slow down allows me to do that. Um, it allows grief to just kind of come and go instead of um, grief showing up and I'm like, well, I don't have time for that right now. I'm just going to think about that later. Um, when instead I should really just kind of take in that moment. What is grief trying to tell me? What is it trying to convey? Um, and then that moment will pass. And I think that's been something that I've been really focusing on just knowing that, uh, in those sad moments that they're going to pass, that it's not always going to be that way. Um, 
And then just finding ways to honor and celebrate my parents each and every day um, is just another part of that ebb and flow. Um, and if that thing makes me cry or if it brings up um, sad feelings, then it does. But I mean, it's such a great loss and um, how it's happened. It was so traumatic. And I feel like um, trying to push that away and not honor that is, isn't good in it obviously wasn't healthy for me. Mm-hmm. So just really embracing that and just wanting to um, be an example so that um, eventually when I do go back to school, um, going back to school for psychology, um, so I can be a school psychologist, so I can model that for students um, who have had loss. Um, because I know at that point, students, um, I don't know what school is doing. So I guess they're in school. Um, at that point, um, I feel like students will be needing some support just with dealing with loss and just um, things in general. So yeah, loss and not being in school for a past year and all that, you know, right. it's a lot not for kids to go through. Mm-hmm. Right, right. At such a young age, they're being exposed to different types of losses. So I think it's just important for me to just figure out how I can live with my grief Mm -hmm. and allow grief to come and go so that I can be an example and to show that it's okay, that this is normal. Grief is a normal thing. And it's part of life. (laughs) Unfortunately, you know, experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Just holding space for that grief and loss. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Do you feel that you have support? Um, Just as I know from being an only child, it's been, I would say extra isolating, like sure, grief and loss is hard, but then to lose your folks and to not have the sibling support, like who do you turn to for support? And do you feel that, let's say you meet up with a friend. Mm -hmm. I always feel like it's weird to talk about, you know, they're like, I'm here for you, but you don't really want to sit there at dinner and talk about it. You just want to hang out and have fun. (laughs) Like you're so just curious how that's been for you and you know, your journey with that. I think I have a lot of support from family um, and friends, but I know at the beginning it was a little difficult for me to receive that because it was like, okay, well, we're just going to help you and we're just going to try and make it better. And it's like, well, no. Um, Like you trying to jump in and to force me to do things or to talk Mm. about things like that. I'm not ready for that. So I'm not really ready at that point. I wasn't really ready for anyone to help or to be supportive because I just was still in shock that Mm -hmm. I had lost my parents and it's just me because although I do have that support at the end of the day, it was me that had to make these decisions Mm -hmm. that had to sign the sign the documents and to do whatever I had to do. It it was just me and no one else could, I mean, necessarily do it for me. They could advise me or suggest things to me, but it had to be me. So I wanted, I think my, for me, for just to be okay with being just with me, just without other people, because they had their own families and their own lives and those aren't um like it's hard for like when people say oh I'm here for you I'm there for you but who's gonna be there for me at 
10 o'clock at night. Like that, right. like people have their own lives. Mm-hmm. So I've been really working on trying to be okay with just myself, just myself and my parents, my angel parents. Um, because um, having someone else come over and us not talking about it isn't really helpful. So um, it's been hard to um, ask for support as well because I'm not used to asking um, other people for support in certain areas like financial things and uh, I don't know, just like doctor things, womanly things. Like it's it's hard to ask for help. It's You have to, you know, ask other people for things and sometimes they may not be able to help you um, or they may not have the answer. Um, so it's been a journey. My support journey has been a journey in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now I'm a little bit more open to, okay, well, I'm going to call this person for help if I'm struggling or I'm going to call um, my boyfriend. I'm going to call his parents and ask them about, um, let's just say car insurance because they have similar cars and they can help me in that aspect. Um, so just finding people, my aunt, um, calling her and asking her to be my emergency contact and to ask her about like family history and things like that. So I think I'm just now coming into a space where I'm wanting to ask um, and willing to be receptive for support because I know that, um, well, one, I've just kind of processed things a little bit. Um, The shock has kind of worn off, still there, but it's kind of worn off and um, I'm able to see things a little bit differently. And um, I just, I'm thankful for the people that have been in my life and been supportive, the people that, you know, I've been text back because I'm just so wrapped up in my own grief. So I'm just, I'm grateful that there is a support system in place. And I'm hoping now that I'm in the two years, now that it's been two years that I'm just going to lean on them a little bit more because I can't do it myself. Yeah, you gotta have. Yeah, it's hard to do it on your own. Definitely. I I think I operate similarly, especially after I lost my mom. It's because I yeah, at the time I was single. And I just I felt like I didn't have anyone to turn to I had to clear out the house, Mm -hmm. do all this stuff. And so I think yeah, 10 years later, I'm realizing that when I lost my dad, I it's hard to ask for help. Is that an only child Mm -hmm. thing? It might be. Only child syndrome, it right there. Be. Because it is. it is hard, and I know people want to help, so but um, it takes time sometimes to really, mm-hmm. you know, get to that space of, hey, you know what, I'm not okay, and I and I do need help right now, or just someone to listen, or what have you. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe it is an only child thing. I find it so hard to ask. It is. Hard. I would rather just do it myself and Me struggle too. than to ask. I think it is. I have another friend and we were talking about the same thing. She's an only child. So it's just maybe it's something and the DNA of just having to sort of figure things out on your own, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's something there for sure. Um, And what I always like to ask, like, what's a favorite memory of your mom and then of your dad? Or I'm sure you have lots of favorite memories, but just something or something you want to share. Uh, I think one of my favorite memories or just kind of my most vivid memories when 
um, I went to college. So I went, I, so I was, I'm from Buffalo, New York, and I went to college in Texas. So when my parents um, were just like, yep, well, you know, it was my first day of school and they're like, yep, well, we're leaving. And I'm like, where are you going? And I'm 18 years old, like crying, like, where are you going? Like, no, you're supposed to stay. I don't know why I thought they were staying. Like, what did you think? Like, they weren't coming to college with you. I have no clue. <laughs> I was delusional. It's. Aww. I think it has to do with an only child thing. I just assume, like, you know, like, they're just going to be there. Just they're going to hang out, quit their job and hang out with me. Like, I don't know. And they're like, no, like, we're going home. And I just remember just hugging them and uh, crying. Just I've never been a w- that far away from my parents. And to not be able to, like, go home after class and see them um and I wouldn't be able to see them for months like it was devastating for me um and I just remember my mom ended up telling me later on just on the way back um how silent they were and my mom was crying and my dad obviously didn't cry but she knew that he was super sad because he wasn't saying anything and just I just remember just being so sad um going to college and so um it just makes me think about them today just how much i miss them and wish that i could see them um and i just remember that memory it just so much love just ah just good memories good things to think about yeah Um, that's probably one of my favorite memories yeah is there like a certain uh thanks for sharing that smell or you know favorite food item or anything too Ooh, um, I'm obsessed with pizza. And so or a smell that reminds you of them. (laughs) Yeah, pizza, uh, pizza from um, a pizzeria back home reminds me just of just of home, just because I would always have it when I would come home, my parents would make sure to have this pizza just waiting for me. And that just reminds me of home. I'm actually going to have some of that tonight. Now that I'm thinking, um, thinking of that. Um, and I have my mom's, uh, perfume bottle, um, Vera Wang princess. Um, she was wearing that, um, for a while, for years. Um, and so it's, it's really hard to find now. Um, so my boyfriend ended up finding like this, uh, gift set for me and I still have it. And so I just spray it. Sometimes I just spray it in my room. Um, just to smell it. It just smells just like her. Oh my goodness. Um, and she just always smelled like that. Even if she didn't spray it, like she just always had that smell. So that reminds me um, of her specifically. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. That's a good mm-hmm. scent. I like that scent. <laughs> yeah, as well. I love it. That's cool. Um, well, thank you. Like, thank you for just being here and and talking with us today. Do you feel that you have anything else in your heart you want to share with listeners, or as we wrap things up? Um, just as Mother's Day um, is approaching, I'm just going in uh, with a plan. I haven't decided the plan yet, but going with the plan. And if the plan doesn't go accordingly, then that's okay. But uh. I don't want to go in. I've the previous years I've went in without one and I've kind of just didn't, um, I didn't get to celebrate my mom. I didn't get to honor her. I didn't mm. think about all the happy things. I just kind of was just so wrapped up in, Oh my goodness, she's not here. Like, um, and so this year I really just 
want to focus on her and just celebrating her and remembering her. And um, I have some of um, her clothing. I'm just going to put on one of her cute dresses and just make one of her good recipes. And um, maybe I'll send out some cards to like people um, in my family, mothers in my family, mothers that I know just kind of, um, reframing the holiday for me. Um, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be sad. And if it is sad, that's okay. But, um, going in, I at least want to have a plan of, I want to honor her. I want to celebrate mothers. Um, want to celebrate my, my mother. Um, she's my favorite. And so, yeah, that's, I think that's how Mother's Day, um, that's the plan for now. Um, And I think that having a plan is going to allow me just to enjoy um, the memories, the great memories of my mom. Yeah, I like that. That's well said, a plan. And it's something to look forward to, you know, something, Mm -hmm. maybe you have something planned that day special. Yeah. Definitely helps getting through it. Something to get through it because it's just a day, but it's a very difficult day and it's a triggering day. I have to stay off um, social so, media on that day. I don't know about yeah, you, but yeah, I really like yeah. I might post something, but then I'm off. I just can't. I can't do it. And Father's Day. It's just too hard. Yep. It's too hard. Too many pictures. Too much. Um, too much for me. So yeah. definitely will be off. That's a part of the plan. Off of social media. I'll be off. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope that day goes smoothly for you. I'll be thinking about you for sure. Yes. Yeah. I'll be thinking about you as well. Uh, thank you. Um. All right. Well, thank you just for joining us today and tell our listeners yeah, where they can find your community again. It's at at orphan underscore ish. So to yeah. those of you listening, um, follow along Ashley. She's got just great posts and insight about grief and loss and your journey on that. Um, anything else you want to add on that or? No, just okay. follow me on there and we can connect yeah. and uh, message me just whatever we can connect. Yeah. I think for all of the adult orphans out there, we're holding space for you because we know, you know, yes. we know what it's like. Yeah. And um, it's been nice to connect with you. And yes, it's yeah. been so nice to talk to you. Well, that wraps up episode 17 of Portraits of Grace, your host today, Tiffany. And we were joined again by our lovely special guest, Ashley Fields, who hosts the online grief and loss blog, Orphan at Orphan underscore ish on Instagram. Again, um, to anyone out there who's going through grief and loss, and especially to our fellow adult orphans, those who have gone through parent loss, we see you, we hear you. Um, thanks for tuning in and wherever you are in your day, your night, your evening. Um, I hope you have a blessed one. Until next time. The music in this episode is courtesy of Zapslat. <laughs>